Welcome to Reprogramming with Lindsay Hyatt. I'm Lindsay, a copywriter and certified coach with nearly two decades of experience. I've seen it all in both the corporate world and in entrepreneurship, and I'm here to spark conversation about the things that matter most. Reprogramming is a podcast to help you shift perspective, consider new viewpoints, and challenge your old belief system around business, entrepreneurship, health, wellness, empowerment, and more. If you are ready to reprogram your life for more success, fulfillment, and joy, you're in the right place. Welcome to another episode of Reprogramming with Lindsay Hyatt. I'm your host, Lindsay. This episode explores a hot topic for entrepreneurs, the topic of hustle culture, burnout, and how we can reprogram our minds and habits to shift out of that conditioned tendency. In the entrepreneurial world, we're encouraged to want more, keep striving, scale the works, which means there's little room for rest, reflection, and just living life. Today's guest, Elizabeth Laconi, knows a thing or two about how hustle culture can affect your life, your business, and your health. Elizabeth Laconi is an accomplished entrepreneur of more than a decade, starting as a photographer, venturing into network marketing, and now as a business strategist, collaborating with driven entrepreneurs to help them build businesses that align with their passions and talents. Her Equipped Entrepreneur Podcast is among the top 10% of global entrepreneurship podcasts, which is super amazing. After generating over $1 million for the network marketing company she worked for, she experienced major health issues and burnout, which she is going to share more about with us. Elizabeth, welcome. Thank you so much for being here on Reprogramming. Oh, it's my honor. I'm so excited to be here. I've loved that we've connected in last year and just excited. So thank you for having me. The feeling is mutual. I've been a fangirl of yours for, it's probably been at least a year now, but um, I'm so honored that you're here. And I do want to share, we're having some audio tech issues, so we're just going to roll with it. And hopefully you guys can hear the best of everything that we have to share. So Elizabeth, get us started by just telling us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and how you became a business strategist and coach. Yeah. So I'm born and raised in North Carolina. I've never left the state ever, probably never will. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, Growing up, I think I always dabbled in entrepreneurship. I was, and I'm, Lindsay, I don't know if you can relate to this or not. I feel like there's certain people who are like, oh, that was me as a child. But I was the child who was a little bossy, would <laughs> tell people what to do and how to do it. And, you know, when you're little, that's considered like bossy. But you turn out to be a pretty, really good leader, like down the line. But I was that little girl, um, nice, but you know, like I just was like a little bit of the bossy know-it-all. And I think my, my parents knew from the beginning, like she's going to have a role or something where like she speaks her mind, she does things, she, you know, marches to the tune of her own drum. But I remember being a child and selling leaves off of the ground. Like I would walk <laughs> around the neighborhood and sell leaves to neighbors, which, you know, at that time, they were like, oh, that's cute. Okay, I'll pay until they called my parents and were like, do you know what your daughter's doing? So that was the first sign, I think, to them that I liked entrepreneurship. I went on to go to college, dabbled with photography for a couple of years, really loved just the idea of creating something for myself. But 
you know, somehow I ended up in the corporate life for 10 years before I really dove into what I'm doing now, or even into network marketing. I, you know, I wrote proposals and grants for clinical trials, really important work, but nothing like what I do now. And really it's why I didn't love what I did. And so, um, you know, fast forward 10 years to where I'm at now, I'm finally running my own business. I'm finally where I want to be. Um, it just took me, it took me a couple of decades to get here, but you know, that little girl in a small town in North Carolina knew where I was going to end up. I just had to go a few through a few detours to get there. Yeah. I think that's so common, especially for little girls who are natural born leaders. I think we are told we have to go on this path. We have to go to college and then we're going to get into a job and climb the corporate ladder. And so I don't know if you experienced this while you were in corporate, but feeling like there's something else, but I don't know, but this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like I I always struggled with that. Was there something when you were during that time in corporate where there was an impetus for when you realized like, I got to get out of here and do something different? You know, I mean, I think I knew in college when you have to declare a major, I remember thinking, and I think I thought it was so wrong. I was like, I don't, I don't want to, actually what I said was, I don't want to work, which was not an option, obviously. Um, I wasn't, wasn't going to be marrying anyone who's going to allow that, you know, kind of security in my life. So I was like, I have to work. But, you know, I remember then thinking, gosh, I don't really want to just sit behind a desk the rest of my life. But so many of us, at least in my day, that was just completely normal. I didn't even know what an entrepreneur really was um, or that it was an option. So, you know, as I was working through the the traditional nine to five, actually I worked way more hours than that. It was really being introduced to network marketing that opened my eyes to another way that I wasn't even familiar with. Um, It opened my idea to the idea of working kind of for yourself and still having some form of an infrastructure, but being your own boss, um, the idea of time and financial flexibility was really appealing to me. And so that was really what turned my head and ultimately ended up being the exit door from the corporate world, which I'm so grateful that you know, that swoop in at that time of my life, because it was a vehicle for me to move in the direction that I am today. I think this could be a whole separate podcast episode, (laughs) but I am just fascinated to hear about how you got into network marketing and, you know, yeah, I just want to hear that story about how you got into it. You mentioned that there was obviously the appeal of the freedom and the flexibility. Um, what, how did you end up making that transition? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I dabble. So actually network marketing found me. I didn't find it. I didn't even know it was network marketing. I really was there for the product that the company offered. And to make a really long story short, it took me eight months of people convincing me like you should actually do the business and me thinking, um, no, I'm not. (laughs) I'm quite okay here. But, uh, you know, when you're surrounding yourself with a lot of like-minded people who are like showing you possibilities, it opens your your mind a lot more to opportunities. And so I was like, oh, I think maybe I can do that. And so I did. And I had very rapid results. And I left my corporate career within eight months, 
had exceeded my income, grew a huge team. It was, it was the dream. Like I was living the dream. I loved it. I was good at it. I was learning. And I did that for a solid nine years. I'm still with the company, but I built that business. And and honestly, that empire, if you want to use that cliche work, like it was an empire. It was my identity um, for, for a solid nine years. And it's been 10 years since I've been with the company. Nine years, 10 years is a long time to be anywhere. So that's really incredible. And so having that, that long career in marketing and sales before you launched the current business that you're in, how did that past life shape your perspective of success? Mm, That's a great question. I think that that industry at the time I didn't realize was a stepping stone. It was a vehicle, not an end destination. I think I really thought it was the end destination. And so, you know, I learned a lot. I learned a lot of skills. I learned sales, which, you know, to back up in the corporate world, even though as a child, I was that bossy know-it-all, that became suppressed over the years, especially in the corporate world. I didn't actually step into that confidence to be able to give my opinion honestly because I wasn't aligned and I hated what I did so I didn't care so I was a silent shy introverted girl I think network marketing brought something out of me that was there to begin with and so it shone a light on things like I am a really good leader but I just need to learn more I am good at sales I just need to strengthen it I am good at marketing you know over the years I'm going to learn how to get better I started to actually fall in love with those things. And, you know, I think what ended up happening is that I built my entire identity around that industry. If you asked anyone on my street, anybody on social media, they knew me as the woman who the leader, the top leader of this company, they didn't know me as really anybody else. Mm. And I loved that. I was proud of that. I was like, I live breathing. This is my life. You know, I'm die hard. But when I started to actually see that there were things happening in my life, to where all of a sudden started questioning if this was the path, it became very difficult for me. Um, And there were actually several years that I just sat with it and didn't know what to do with it. Um, And I knew that probably a pivot or transition was going to happen, but I wasn't ready for that. I I probably prolonged that entire transition way longer than it needed to be. Um, But it, it was, it was a process. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people that can relate to that, especially in hindsight, looking back, thinking like, why did I wait so long? But when you're in it, and there's a level of comfort and stability after you've been doing it for so long. It's it's not easy to think like, what is the next thing? Um, I'm also glad that you brought up feeling like it took you a while to get into your confidence and feel like those leadership qualities that you were probably born with naturally. I think we need to talk more about that kind of suppression in the corporate world for women. Oh man, I could talk about it all day, but it makes me so happy to hear people who find themselves, women who find themselves um, either, you know, within a corporate role in time um, or doing something more entrepreneurial where they finally are able to step into their gifts and say like, oh, I, I did have this, like, like Dorothy, like I had it the whole time. And so thank you for shedding light on that. I think um, 
women in corporate, it's, uh, I still think it's an uphill climb. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So you have openly shared both, um, on social media and in your podcast about struggling with the kind of burnout that many entrepreneurs encounter, but yours actually began to take a toll on your mental and physical health. When did you realize that something had to change and how did you begin to shift from that conditioned hustle that you used for nine years to become so successful, you know, in that definition of success? Um, I would love to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah. So it's very interesting. Like I said, I probably, this journey of pivoting was really long and I guess I shouldn't say it's longer than it needed to be because I guess it needed to be this long for a reason. My goal is to help other people recognize these signs that I'm about to tell you a lot quicker so that they're not sitting around for ultimately four years, five years, which is really how long this was for me. So if I look back, it started in 2017. Like that's a long time ago. And I have kind of come up with this whole, you know, know, hindsight is 2020. When you're able to look back at things, you're like, oh, I see it now. And I start to see themes. And so I almost put them into phases of Mm -hmm. my life where that first phase was like the unconscious phase. It's like things were happening, but I had no idea what was happening. So I was completely unconscious to it. So I started in 2017. I start, I'd never had headaches before. I started getting horrible migraines. I started um, getting injured a lot more. Fatigue. Um, just my looking back, I'm sure my cortisol, that's when it really started getting out of control. But I was very stressed. I had a lot of us like personal and professional drama going on at that time too. So that fed into it. But I look at back all the way to 2017. And I had body cues. Mm. But there was no manual for saying, hey, this might be because you're out of alignment, or there's something that you're brushing under the rug that you're not handling. I mean, there's you don't know half of that stuff until you are past it. And you can look back and say, Oh, my body was trying to tell me something there, but I just didn't know it. So that's why I call it like, that's my unconscious phase. And then that continued for a couple of years, like I just during that period, you know, I was younger then than I am now. And so a lot of times when we're younger, we think we're invincible. And so I was like, oh, it's fine. I'll just keep pushing on. I'm not going to like slow down by God. I'm not going to slow down because I'm on a roll. I'm building an empire. There is no slowing down here. Like, let's just ignore it and keep pushing on. And so I did that for the next couple of years. And in 2019, I remember getting to a place where I started questioning, do I really love what I'm doing? And I wanted to like suppress that again, because I was like, Oh, why would you say that? You've had all this success on the outside. People are like, she's got it. Like she's good. But on the inside, I was slowly feeling like an imposter. Like I was trying to show up for this, was trying to be the best leader. I was trying to, you know, grow this business. I was trying to make it look like things were fine. But inside, I was starting to feel sicker and sicker. And I became became conscious at this point of something's wrong. And my body is not healing. In fact, it's getting worse and worse. And I started to put the two and two together. Now it was right before the pandemic. But I still 
even though I was conscious of it, I was like, we're not going to do this. Like, we're not going to, we're not going to do this. Like, it's going to be fine. At least I know I'll, you know, I'll try to like meditate more. (laughs) And so the pandemic happened and my business actually grew during that, which was bizarre. So I was like, put on a happy face, Elizabeth, like you, you're living the dream. The finances are flowing in, you know, like this is great. And I think I was in take care of other people mode because everyone was freaking out. And I was like, you're good stand like a leader, you're strong, take care of other people, put yourself on the back burner. And so 2021 hit. And that's really when my body was like, girlfriend, I have tried to tell you for years, and you have been ignoring, you've been taking care of everyone else. And so I think that was in 2021, I literally just took a professional pause, because I was like, I've got to figure this out. But I I I tried to figure it out. Long story short, 2022 was my year of realizing I needed to pivot. I didn't know how to pivot. And I needed to seek mentorship and be around people who had been there before. Um, And that's how, you know, I think you and I got connected from a, a, a similar, you know, mentor who kind of showed me what was possible to move out of a very successful part of my life into really what felt very unknown. And I was very uncomfortable about it. That was probably the hardest season of my life because I still wasn't healing. I was actually getting sicker and sicker, even though I was like, I get it. I get it. Like, I'm not supposed to be doing this anymore. Like I'm listening now. I'm out of alignment. This is why I'm not healing. I'm forcing things that need to be released. There was a lot of forgiveness that had to happen. It was a lot of big work, Mm -hmm. but ultimately the fall of 2022, I literally held up a white flag. I was like, I I surrender. (laughs) Like I've done, tell me what to do and I'll do it. And that, you know, was just the beginning of my transition. Wow. There's so much to unpack there. I want to go back to, I mean, incredible, incredible because, oh, even the idea of just moving into the unknown, even if you didn't have all this health stuff going on, just making a transition from someplace where you're like top of the mountain to having to go down the mountain and then figure out what's the next thing I'm going to do that so much. But when you started to notice in around 2017 that you weren't feeling well, And maybe that was an unconscious time where you weren't making the connection. Were things changing for you? Like in your business, like, did you just feel like I'm, I'm almost at the top of the mountain. I just have to keep performing. What happens if I fall down? Like, do you think looking back, was there something that you can see now that started this for you in terms of your health going downhill? Um. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a lot and that would be a whole other podcast episode, honestly. And a lot of it is probably something stuff that I probably won't ever vocalize, but there was a lot of, let me just say political stuff that was happening in the industry that I was in that didn't sit well with me. And I was, I had a front row seat, you know, there's a saying, you know, leaders, at the top can feel lonely. 
And I was at the top, I was a leader, and I started to feel very lonely because I was seeing things that I didn't like, I didn't agree with, and I didn't want to be there anymore. But I felt very alone because of where I'd gotten, and I hadn't seen a lot of other people come along with me. And I didn't like that feeling. And so I think I was trying to unravel that for many, many years of of trying to create my own path of like, well, I can do it differently. But ultimately, yeah, there were, there were several things. I also had trauma. I mean, I lost my father in the midst of all of that. I lost my grandmother two months after that, like 2017, 2018 were pretty hard years for me. And so I think there was that I had also gotten really sick and, and taken an antibiotic that had horrible adverse effects for me. So yes, there were a lot of other things that I'm sure it was like a a storm of a lot of different things that were hitting me. So to go back and pinpoint one thing, I probably can't, but I think it was just the perfect storm, honestly. Yeah. So when you got to fall of 2022 and you're, you're waving that white flag, what is that? What did that look like for you? It was scary. It was terrifying. Um, I joined a mastermind which was crazy because it wasn't my plan. But I think once I finally like relinquished control and realized I had to change something, I was very drawn to someone who was very much in her feminine element, which was completely stark different for me. But I, at that point, at least recognized that that was something I needed more of. And I also resonated with her story because it was very similar to mine. She had, you know, left network marketing as well. And I wanted to learn from someone who is where I want to go. And so it was scary because not only was I moving forward with this next phase of my life, but I felt like I had to release things in my business that had literally been paying my bills for, for nine and a half years. Like it was the majority of our financial, like of our income. And so I wasn't in a position where I could leave it, but I felt this, I felt split personalities at a time. It was like, I still need to be over here a little bit, but I really want to be over here. And so it was very confusing. It was a really confusing time in my life because I felt like I was half in, in both places. And ultimately through that mastermind, it gave me the confidence. Well, it taught me a lot of things, but it gave me the confidence to, really release that former life and be okay with it. But along with that came a really large grieving process uh, because like I had built my identity around this. And so I started to realize if I'm going to leave this phase of my life, I'm going to actually have to change. Mm -hmm. And that's scary enough, but recognizing that, there were people who only met me in that season and only know me as that woman. And they're likely not going to come with me in this next season and this next evolve identity. And that was, that was a horrible grieving process for me. Um, And it's, it's, it was terribly scary, but thank God I was in a mastermind where I had a support of, of women who were like, we'll, we'll be here. Mm. Like we'll be here for you. Um, And I'm so grateful for that. I want to affirm your awareness because as you said, that's a whole lot to be going through at once, not only 
potentially moving away from the biggest source of your income for your family, but being willing to be that uncomfortable where you're leaving that behind, but also exploring new ways to maybe move back from that, what we call masculine energy of the doing and the hustling into this unknown, maybe for you, uh, more feminine side of being open to what else is available for you. So I just want to thank you for sharing that because I think that's one of the things that makes it so scary for people to make that shift is being okay with being uncomfortable is something we're great at as humans. <laughs> and uh, I think we just need to get more comfortable with that because the other side can hold all the answers if if we allow it to. So thank you for sharing that. So what are some of the obstacles that you navigated while transitioning your business and your approach to it? Well, you just touched on one of them. Um, I built the majority of my network marketing business in a fully masculine energy, meaning do, do, do action, which is necessary. Obviously, if you want things to get done, like you have to have, you have to have that energy, but that's all I had, which is why I burned out, which is why it contributed to the health issues. And it just took me a lot while to figure that out. And so one of the there was a couple of things that I really struggled with in transitioning. One was learning how to be still. And that's what this mastermind at the time taught me. And I remember resist, like I wanted to, but I was like, I remember saying at one point, okay, this is cool. But like, when are we going to do something? (laughs) (laughs) And it was just my past self, like everything that I had always learned, which is very in the network marketing industry, it's like, do, 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 go, like, you know, get your rank advance, like, grab the next customer. It's very, it's it's a lot like that. I mean, yes, there's personal development built in, but you, you didn't, up until 2020, like, hustle was the thing. And then I think it just transitioned in 2020 to where people were like, that's, that's not actually the thing anymore. So I was, I kind of was grabbing hold of that before the pandemic hit, but I had to really learn how to be and to flow and to tap into that feminine energy. And that was not easy. And it's still today. It's not easy. A lot of times I will swing way too far over into the masculine, especially if I don't have something that I want. Like I have a goal, which is really what was happening at the beginning of this transition. It was like, okay, I think the next step for me is a coaching business. So what do I need to do? What do I need to do? Tell me what to do. Tell me the steps. You know, like, what do my offers need to be? And it was a space where that mentor, that coach was like, no, who do you need to be? And I was like, what? What are you talking about? But it, 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 she proved me wrong. She really started to teach me that that was where I needed to start. And it was very difficult for me. So I would say that was the first thing is like truly reprogramming how to do business because I had been doing it in a different way. And I knew that I didn't want to go back to that way, but I had to train myself. I had to reprogram how to do business in a different way. So I never ended up back in that space again. And so I think that's the first one. And then also I had to really change and reprogram who I wanted to be. So it was like, how do I want to do it? But then who do I want to be? Because I had to create this new sense of self for me 
that was different than the woman in, in this network marketing company that everyone knew. And so I was able to sit down and say, who do I want to be in this next phase? Who do I want to be as a coach? Who do I want to be as a strategist? Who do I want to be as a wife, as a mom? I mean, it was really freeing, actually. But it was scary, too, because it was truly it felt like starting all over. And in many ways, it was because I didn't have the sea of cheerleaders. I did when I left my corporate job and I went to network marketing, because when you go into network marketing, everyone's like, rah, 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 you're amazing. Welcome. With, with this, it it really was me and the ladies that were in the mastermind. But I, even after I was done with that, it was very much it's a very, it was a very alone feeling, but it was also very empowering at the same time. Yeah. I want to go back real quick, just to define, because I know it looks different for everybody. Um, We talk a lot about burnout, but what did burnout look like for you? Was it something you experienced every day or was it, you know, intermittent? Did it change your life and what, you know, how you were showing up to life? I would just love to define that a little more. I think it, it looked different in different years and phases of my life, but towards, I mean, in the beginning, like I said, it was a lot of the physical symptoms and honestly, just the stress levels. I that had no boundaries. And so burnout to me looked like overworking. Um, it's to be quite vulnerable, vulnerable, can't say that word. It's, it's a miracle that my marriage survived. Because I worked around the clock, I would work until, you know, wee hours in the morning, helping other people grow their network marketing business. And it came first. So, you know, burnout to me meant a lot of different things. It meant my health was declining. It meant that I was tired all the time. I was getting hardly any sleep. It meant that I recognized that areas of my life, especially my relationships, friendships, with, you know, relationships with my husband, with my kids were, were not good, but Mm. I was like, "Mm, back to the happy place, you know, like burnout to me was watching my health, both mental and physical, but also my relationships decline. And it took a lot of courage for me to see that for what it was and realize if it means nothing, if you have success and money and you're alone. And you don't have anyone to share it with. And that's ultimately the point I had to get to. I'm glad you're sharing that because I think when we think of burnout and everyone experiences it differently, but a lot of times we think like, oh, I just don't really feel like doing anything or, you know, oh, I'm going to like sleep in today or whatever. But you actually worked more and I don't think that we think about those things or the other different physical manifestations of burnout. I think um, it just helps to hear how different people experience it. So we know what to look for. So thank you. Yeah. I mean, I think there were definitely times where I didn't have the motivation. I mean, that part hit too, for sure. Um, And I always like to tell people there's a difference between a couple of days where you want to sit on the couch and watch Netflix, like I think that's normal, Mm -hmm. or several weeks or months where you have no desire to do what you're doing. Like that's probably a clue. Um, But yeah, I definitely had those moments as well. But I also didn't allow myself to sit in that part of it as long. And touching on your relationships, again, another factor that I don't think people really associate with burnout all the time, but when you're so focused in the one area or 
you're almost, it's almost like an addiction in some ways where it's just, oh, I noticed some things over here aren't going great, my marriage or my my friendships or whatever. But you know what? I'm going to go back to this hit of dopamine. Um, that is just, that's powerful to think about because I think that it shows up like that for many of us, but we don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. So what were some habits or belief systems or outside factors that you had to confront or reprogram on your journey? I'm sure there were plenty making this big transition. Yeah, I can think right off the bat of two, really. Um, Aside from just things that I've already talked about, I mean, like truly habits and limiting beliefs, I didn't realize I had them until I became an entrepreneur. You know, I joked because when I was in network marketing, I always used the phrase, I'm an entrepreneur until I became an entrepreneur. (laughs) And then I was like, oh, it's different. Like that was a great little dose, but you still have an infrastructure. (laughs) You still have someone who's doing your marketing. If you want to use it, you still have someone who's like paying you. Um, So you don't, while I had control over kind of how much I wanted to make based off of my effort, like it was still based off of a formula from the company. And so I think the first thing that I struggled with was my money mindset. I didn't know I had one until I had to actually come up with my own offers and what was I worth charging for? Because you have to know in in the world of network marketing, you train for free. You train your, your people for free in the hopes that it helps them grow the skills to where they grow their business, which benefits you to where you make more money. Like that's how that works in most any company I know in network marketing. And so I also had to get, I had to rack my brain around charging people for giving advice and coaching where I had done it for nine years for free. But at the same time, I was like, well, it's about damn time because I've been doing this. And, you know, when anything's free, people are like, okay, whatever. They may do something with it, may may not. And it would bug me because I was like, I'm good at this. Yeah, I'm good. But where it became a problem is because I had, I had seen that as the norm when I started my own coaching business and started thinking, okay, what can I charge? I had a really hard time coming up with that. And I wanted to undersell it. Mm. And I was now working with a new coach at the time who really helped me work through this of figuring out like, how many years have you been doing this and how much wisdom do you have to give? But I had to really work through a lot of limiting beliefs based off of, of money, which was strange, I think, because I made good money in network marketing, but there was an element of luck I felt with it in a, in a sense, even though I worked for it, it's such a team approach to where I was like, but I didn't make it all myself. Right. And so this, it was, it was an interesting transition, not only to, to think, what am I worth? But also, is it okay that I'm charging? Are people actually going to pay me to do something that I've done for free for nine years? So that was the first one is it and it bled into our family life, too, because I all of a sudden put the CEO hat on. And I was like, I need to pay attention to my business. Like, all of a sudden, you know, my network marketing business is going down and income because I'm not looking at it. And so I'm like, okay, all of a sudden I need to be smart about money. And so it, it, it was good for me, but it was something I had to really overcome. And I'm still kind of working through that. The second thing was I had to rewrite my definition for success. I 
saw success as the bells and whistles, as the the dings of my bank account, you know, with money hitting, with the new clients, with the very external things. I am internally motivated, but I was so used to a result happening that made me feel successful. And so when I transitioned to coaching, I very naively thought that it would happen just as fast as it did with network marketing. And I'd say very naively because looking back, I'm like, oh, sweet girl. (laughs) (laughs) You really thought that it was going to happen overnight because honestly, when you look at a lot of people on social media, they make it feel like that. And so I had to work with my coach on really redefining what success meant to me and realizing that I had to change my belief system around that. I had to change uh, my definition around that to where I had to, at least in this time period, base it more off of what are some specific actions that I can control that I can do right now that give me a sense of success versus whether or not I'm booking a client. Because to be honest with you, in the beginning of of my, I wasn't booking clients. Mm -hmm. So that can only sustain for so long before I felt like a total failure. And so I had to really work on that whole definition of success to keep me going To where I was like, if I know that I'm making five new connections this week and that brings me success, then I'm on track. Whether or not they book with me or not, I'm unattached. But what are some things that I can do that I can control? Honestly, starting a podcast was really powerful for me as well because I felt success doing it and I had had control over that. I was like, okay, like going in this little tiny room that I'm in right now and recording, it was like my hibernation spot and I could be me and it gave me a sense of success. So I had to really think what brings me success. And honestly, learning my human design around that time too helped a lot for me to, to help with those, those things as well. One of the reasons I wanted to start this podcast is thinking about redefining success, because it's funny to see how we go from the corporate world where success is defined as one thing. And then we think, oh, I'm free. And now I'm I'm an entrepreneur and I can do whatever I want. And then suddenly, but but we are all being conditioned by what we see online and what, you know, all oh, these people made it overnight. And why is it going so slow for me? And how each iteration of our development is like affected by this kind of programming that sometimes we don't even know we're getting. Um, but redefining success, I just think for anybody in any industry, I think it's something to look at because life is not just about the bank account and booking clients. And um, I, I love that you said, what can I control here? that makes me feel good. And I think that's something that we all could look more at. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, okay. So if you could leave the audience with one fresh perspective, you've given us so many good ones already, but if there's something that you really want them to take away from today, what would that be? I think give yourself permission to be still and to be especially, you know, I work with a lot of female entrepreneurs who are in a transition or in a pivot or realizing that either what they're doing isn't it, or they have this idea and this dream and they want to build a business around it. Like me, they want to go straight into the, what do I need to do? And 
I think that's what's so powerful. And I know you probably agree as a coach is being able to see your former self and some of your future clients, because I'm now able to look back and see when I finally got it, when I finally started moving forward is when I actually stood still. And I did, I tapped more into the feminine. I started journaling, which I talk about a lot. I, just gave my permit myself permission to to sit temporarily still and and find that clarity because when people skip that part and go straight into the do that's when they get that stuck feeling or they don't actually move forward and it's what i'm starting to realize with with people and so i would just say if you're in a place where you're either not where you want to be or you're just scared to take the next step, like just give yourself permission to be still for just a temporary period of time, whether that is meditating or praying or journaling or doing nothing, like being still, you don't have to do any of those things. You can just listen to what's going in and out of your brain versus trying to think about what the next step is. I promise you it actually will bring you so much more clarity and it will provide you with the steps moving forward to where not only you're going to have results, hopefully, but you're going to feel so much more aligned with it because you took the time on the front end. Mm, That is so important. A lot of times it can just feel better to keep doing, doing, doing. And, but that's not where the answers are. That's not where the growth is. So what are you up to next, Elizabeth? What do you, what do you have coming up and can you share how people can get in touch with you? Yeah. So I am currently working with, with clients, female entrepreneurs who are looking for business strategy. I particularly really love working with female entrepreneurs who want to start something new, whether it's a new business using their gifts and skills, a new offer, a new podcast, a new course, whatever it is. But I am in a place where I'm I'm accepting new clients, especially as we go into the end of the summer and beginning of fall. And I'm just continuing on with my podcast as well. There are some things coming up. Can't talk about them quite yet, but um, you can find my podcast at The Equipped Entrepreneur. It's streaming everywhere. And then you can find me on Instagram at Elizabeth Laconi and my website's elizabethlaconi.com. Perfect. Everyone should go listen to the equipped entrepreneur. It is so good. So much value there. And I'm a big fan. So (laughs) thank you so much for being here today. I know so many people are going to resonate with your story. Thank you. It was an honor. I had such a blast. Love the conversation. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Reprogramming. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope we'll see you here next time. I would love if you can share this episode with your social network. Please tag me at ReprogrammingPod or at the Lindsay Hyatt on Instagram. And as always, I so appreciate your reviews on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and would be honored if you shared it with anyone who you think would benefit from this episode. 